podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson, finally back with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this Monday morning? Welcome back, back again. It's good to be reunited. It's good to hear that intro yet again. Uh, a, spe- a special welcome back to you, Mr. Married Man, Timmy thank Gibson. Thank you, thank you. What we're most excited for moving forward this season is Timmy's married energy, um, I'm sure you're going to be able to hear it throughout the rest of our podcasts this season. But got a married whole new man collection energy. Of, uh, of hats. I feel like you wear different baseball caps when you're married, all that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> married man energy is a thing. So <laughs> I just can't believe out of all the things, that's what you got is <laughs> different baseball hats when you're married. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's the first <laughs> thing I thought of. But yeah, that's, I, I love thank it. you, thank you. It's, it's good to be back. We uh, We tried to get a couple things out. Over the last couple of weeks, technical difficulties, life things came up. So we took a, an extended bye week, a little longer than the than the 49ers. We may have a bonus episode making its way onto the airwaves soon, assuming all goes well with that. But it is so, so good to be back in many, many ways with, the, with Daniel and with the listeners of 49ers Unrestricted. And what better way to return to the 49ers Unrestricted broadcast than to get to talk about a nice competitive, gutsy 49ers win against the Los Angeles Chargers. It's an interesting feeling. Daniel and I were saying earlier, we were excited. We won, but it's not like it, we didn't win the way we wanted to, but you know what? It's a win. goes in the stats column. 49ers now only half a game back from the Seattle Seahawks, and I think the Seahawks are kind of overperforming. The 49ers have been underperforming. I think we have every right to be considered the favorites of the NFC West right now. Feeling good. Daniel, how you feeling after last night's win against the Chargers? Uh, you summed it up very nicely. Um, and as you were talking, I'm wondering, like, are we going into games with just too high of expectations? Because I feel like I am relatively constantly disappointed in the way that we walk away from games, even when we win. Um, I had the luxury of being at this game. Um, it was very a fun generous. one to be at. Yeah, it was a f- very fun one to be at. Um, was was up high, but actually had phenomenal view. Loved it. Loved getting to see the plays form and being like, "Hey, uh, George Kittle was open there. McCaffrey was open there. Jimmy, you don't need to throw it to Ayuk when he's double coverage." But it was fun to be there. Was surrounded by some Chargers fans who had some of the coolest looking retro gear I've ever seen. Like they looked like a walking thrift store, but in the best way possible. And I was jealous. I wanted some of that, especially in, in terms of the Niners gear. But fun one to be at. Um, but you're right. You you set the tone very well of, okay, we won. Awesome. Not by a lot. And even in the last 60 seconds, I was not at all counting out a Justin Herbert-led last last minute drive to Especially after that first drive, it seemed like yeah. you had the possibility to score at any time. Figured they would start and end the same way. Um, And, uh, I mean, Justin Herbert came out firing, carved our defense up like a turkey, and it was a bummer. (laughs) I was not ready for that. Um, 
We absolutely thought that this was going to be a a very much a San Francisco 49ers football game, uh, mainly due to the fact that Keenan Allen is still injured and Mike Williams was also out. Their top two wide receivers, top two targets other than Austin Eckler, both out. I figured we could handle Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter. And we we did in terms of a victory, but as I said, he carved up our defense like a turkey to start the game. And so it was it was a tough way to start. Yeah. No, it was a it was a tough way to start. But I will say the 49ers defense really, really pretty much put the clamps on from from that point on allowed a little more points but you look at the second half they completely shut out the chargers during the second half and you're right that herbert at least by reputation right now is one of the nfl's scariest and deadliest quarterbacks i think he is i don't think you could argue the chargers aren't using him that way but we're not a chargers podcast we'll let the uh the chargers guys uh complain about their offensive coordinator and if you listen to anything on the ringer i'm sure steven louise will have steven ruiz will have some thoughts as well not a big fan of the chargers offense but that is an aside but you're right that touchdown at the beginning was i mean it was a mistake like we let him get open talano hufunga said you know that's on me i my eyes were the other direction i got tripped up like that's my fault and if it, I don't, I don't know if it was. I don't know if Ufunga is just kind of a humble guy taking the blame. But regardless, he uh, he made up for it with that game ceiling interception to end the night, and still has continued to be the 49ers, maybe one of the brightest spots on defense and a true true star in the making, Palomalu Jr. But he he really is uh, pretty incredible, and it was cool to see him out there being like, yeah, that that first touchdown, that's on me. But yeah. I did see a Troy Polamalu jersey in the stadium last night, and the guy I was with was like, what the heck is that here? And I go, whoa, 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 I think he's wearing it because Talano Hufunga, I think that's his way of wearing a Hufunga jersey. Yeah, Chris Collinsworth brought him up on the broadcast. You missed the broadcast. All-time Chris Collinsworth. Like, Chris, what are you saying that We'll, yeah, we'll that's get into what's the game, a bummer but... about going to the game is missing the broadcast, especially and, when it's Chris Collinsworth. And Collinsworth, but... like, I like Chris Collinsworth, but he has the most, like, what did you just say? Here's a true set. Yes. That I tweeted this. I don't know. If, I, don't, I know you're not the biggest Twitter guy, so you might have missed it. But here's a sentence that not Chris Collinsworth said last night. I have never been more confident that a phrase has never been said before than when Chris <laughs> Collinsworth said, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of scrambled and threw a pass. And he said, I quote, Jimmy Garoppolo, a little Lamar Jackson style. Oh, no. Never been said before. No one has no. ever said that in any context whatsoever. No one has ever compared Jimmy Garoppolo's rushing to Lamar Jackson. Because here's why. When Lamar Jackson rushes, the defense gets scared. When Jimmy Garoppolo rushes, the offense gets scared. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, there was another one, too. He said he's, oh, the other funny one was, no team runs behind Trent Williams more than the 49ers. It's like, well, yes, I, w- I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyway. Might have meant, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's an aside. <laughs> but yeah, want to start breaking down like a few, th- well, we should probably talk about kind of the news going into the game. Not yeah. the, uh, not the funnest week for the 49ers building into the, the Chargers no. game. No, so let's let's set the scene for the game, and then we'll we'll break it down more. Um, I don't remember which one came for, I mean, there's been talk because it's our bye week. It was our bye week. There was a lot of talk about guys getting healthy. I mean, that's what the bye week was. That was a chance for us to get healthy, for them to reboot, for them to watch some film, for them to rest. 
but we had some big names back. Elijah Mitchell off IR and back on the field, and that was so very cool to see. Love seeing that. Aziz Alshire also back. Colton McKivitz also back. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, good to go. Uh, more time for Bosa, for Trent Williams, for Debo to truly get healthy. Um, Debo was also back. He missed a game, but those guys, all those guys that I first named were on IR. Um, so a lot of guys getting back healthy, which was amazing. But on the flip side, there was extremely sad news to hear that Jason Verrett tore his Achilles heel. Um, or tore his Achilles. And yeah. we have talked about Jason Verrett so much in many He's different so reasons. And sadly, it has been, it has surrounded uh, a lot of injury talk. Um, yeah. Last year, we were so excited for him coming back to the, back to the squad and, and tore it, or that was two years ago, but a torn ACL kept him out. Um, and then we've been talking about him being back and ready to go. And I think I think if this didn't happen, he would have been ready to play this week. And I only say that just to show how close he was to be done with his rehab. And then another he would have completely... played. He was leading the 49ers in cornerback. Yeah, he was, he yeah. was leading the cornerbacks through the drills. And we we saw his absence big time yesterday. Um, yeah, the, and the I'm injury. sure he wanted to play his former team. Yeah, yeah. Chargers were the team that drafted Verrett. Verrett has been on the field sparingly for the 49ers, but has been nothing but pretty much nothing but great when he when he has played. And, and you're right, Daniel. Some of the I mean, it's hard to even talk about the football side of it because you have to imagine. I mean, Jason Verrett has played basically two seasons in his career. He was drafted in 2015. He's been great in both of them, and mm. pretty much every other one he's had a season-ending injury. He's torn both ACLs. That's what he was coming back this year. Now you add in an Achilles tear. I mean, this guy. I don't know if I've followed many athletes that have come back from the amount of injuries that, that Jason Verrett has. And by all accounts, he was looking like his former self in practice and would have been a really, really nice boost to the 49ers cornerback room. But yeah, regardless, you take a step back and clearly the team was just completely heartbroken. I mean, they were wearing a Jason Verrett t-shirts during warmups and all that, but I don't, I don't see how Verrett comes back from this one. If anyone can, it would be him with, with what he's come back from throughout his career. And I, I wish him the best. I hope he gets back on the field. I hope he does it in a 49ers jersey. I, I am a big Jason Verrett fan. But I don't... You've torn both ACLs, shoulder injuries. Now you added an Achilles injury. An Achilles injury is one that not many football players come back from. Now, that's changing. Medical technology is getting better. Emmanuel Sanders... Played well for a year or two after an Achilles injury. Um, James Robinson, running back now on the Jets, is looking good, coming off an Achilles injury. Players return from them. I mean, Kevin Durant, that's a different sport, but he's as good as he ever was before, so it can be done, and I'm sure it will be done, and if anyone can do it, it would be Jason Verrett, but I have a really hard time seeing how he comes back from this one, and that that's really, that's really hard. Yeah. Honestly, as, as we were... Uh texting about it or whenever you and I last talked about it earlier this last week. Um, my thought was Verrett should reach out to Clay Thompson. Uh, Clay Thompson just actually no, it's the same order. Didn't Clay ACL and then Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if 
I think there is never a time, and I'm not encouraging or saying like this is the right move. I'm it's just a thought that I had that there's never a time more than this where if someone's to say okay, I'm gonna hang it up because I, I'm tired of getting hurt, I would go yep, and I and I best to you, pray you get the best healing possible, and that these are not limitations in your future as whatever roles you have in your life. If you're a father, or a husband, um, I pray that these injuries will never, ever, ever get to affect you the way that they have affected your football career. But Totally. And that's that's yeah, what you want to hope for, right? But he's only, um, how old is he? He's not an old dude. Born in 1991. So he's 31. So on the older side for a football player, but but could potentially come back. I agree. It's hard to see how he could come back from this. But like I said, if anyone can, it'll be him and we wish him the best in the recovery. And clearly it was, uh, it was tough for the 49ers team. I think we'll, we'll talk about the game in a second. Um, we do need to take a minute to talk about the 49ers cornerback room, Emmanuel Mosley done for the year. He was playing incredible ball, obviously hoping Verrett was going to come in and kind of fill those shoes. Now you've got Trevarius Ward, who's playing really, really well. I think Diamador Lenore has been playing across from him. Jimmy Ward's been kind of yes. filling in at nickel, other spots. What does the cornerback room look like for the 49ers right now? And who, who's the guy who could potentially step up? Because I have a name that I'm hoping could potentially step up. This is just so interesting because for the first time in a while, I feel better about the safety spot than I do about the cornerback spot for the 49ers. Yeah, and that... um, It's a small room, and... I think there's only one name. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I think there's only one name. I think it's Ambry Thomas is our only option. He's the only one who you feel like could be something when you think about what he was down the stretch last year. We haven't really seen him at all this year, seen him a little, but not in the way way he was playing at the end of last season. But he played really well down the stretch. I mean, you think about the game-winning pick against the Rams in Week 18, send the 49ers to the playoffs. Just an incredible all-around play. And he's the one who you hope, like, maybe he's got the ability to take that next step. But by by all accounts, he's, like, bottom of the depth chart right now. So you you hope maybe that's, like, a Kyle Shanahan doghouse kind of thing, and he's going to get himself out of that down the stretch. I will say I thought the 49ers cornerbacks played well. Lenore has been has been a star, and, and Traverius Ward is, has been what the 49ers paid him to be. So it's not like the, the room is, is crushed and the position is demolished yeah. for the Niners, but you do hope that someone like Thomas can can step up and, um, and come back in. I don't know. Is Josh Norman still out there on waivers? you got to imagine no. we're going to see Dante Johnson or one of those guys coming back at some point. Dante Johnson will never leave. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that Thomas is the only answer other to, in terms of a new name in the rotation there. Ward has been phenomenal. We're obviously missing Mosley. Um, would love to see Lenore step up more, and if Womack takes more uh, time in the nickel, would love to see him shine as well. Um, I feel like we should just say briefly that Josh Norman is a free agent. So, oh gosh, the 49ers no. have not been getting many pass interference penalties, so it might be it might be time to bring them back. No, I would be so upset. I'd be really bummed. Hey, let's let's flip to the flip to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about um, these receivers or just this offensive usage. Um, I'm going to give you a quick breakdown of some stats, and we'll 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 pick through that. Uh, first, a fun fact is that Jimmy Garoppolo is 10 and 2 
when throwing zero touchdowns. Ten and two when he throws zero touchdowns. That's that, like the most that's like a very Jimmy Garoppolo stat. It's the most I was I just I was waiting it. for you to finish what you're saying before I said that is the most Jimmy stat I've ever seen. Also, a fan next to me kept calling him Jimbo. Is that a thing? Do we call him Jimbo? I don't know, but I like it. I got a friend that I call Jimbo, and I feel like it's disrespectful to now call my friend Jimbo and call Jimmy Garoppolo Jimbo. My buddy Jimbo doesn't deserve that. (laughs) Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball 28 times. He had 19 completions, 240 yards, a very average Higher average for Jimmy Garoppolo yardage wise. Can't remember some the last really time he nice threw over three hundred. A really yes. nice dart to Ayuk for a first down. It was a it was a good Jimmy game, but still just a lot of high balls. Uh, poor Brandon Ayuk. Yes, Every time true. he touches the ball, he is outstretched, leaping hands in the air. Um, zero touchdowns. Um, Justin. I just want to say Justin Herbert only threw for one hundred and ninety six yards. So the I fact- saw a stat that was basically like Jimmy Garoppolo and Justin Herbert have been the same quarterback this season. The Athletic kind of did their game preview. They just put them side by side. And like if you just saw the stat, saw the numbers, you wouldn't be able to pick which one was which, which is sad for Herbert. That is, yeah. I mean, he was outthrown yardage-wise, but he, he had 35 attempts. Garoppolo had 28. Herbert had 21 completions. Jimmy had 19. And he had 46 more yards or 44 more yards than Herbert. Elijah Mitchell had the most rushing attempts at 18, 89 yards, sadly no touchdown at the end of the game. Christian McCaffrey, 14 attempts. He was handed the ball less than Elijah Mitchell. For a Wait, m- I have, kind I have of me- a question. Which of those two running backs was the one we just traded a bunch of picks for and is the former first-round pick and is supposed to be one of the best offensive weapons in the NFL? He must be the one who got the most carries, right? Are you talking about Jordan Mason? <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, no, that's something we'll, we will talk about when uh, in the context of usage is why did Elijah get four more attempts? You could chalk that up to his average. Uh, McCaffrey had a pretty measly average of 2.7 uh, yards per carry, and then yeah. Mitchell had four 4.9. Um, yeah, Shanahan kind of said after the game, hey, we wanted to get him the same amount of carries, and Elijah was moving the ball at the end of the game, like, so we kept him in. Yeah. I don't know. Clearly they are ready and willing to give McCaffrey as big of a workload as he can take on. Think about the Rams game. Um, maybe they're kind of saving him to be healthy down the stretch. And I think the other thing is I think Mitchell's really good. Like I think Elijah he Mitchell's is. a really good football player. So I'm not like super concerned about it, but it was a little like on that last kind of goal line drive. I was just kind of sitting there like, really? Like why is – why – is McCaffrey not out there? Like a touchdown ices the game and we're not, we don't have yep. maybe our best offensive weapon who we just gave up like a haul for. Yeah. I don't, I, I would don't know say that because that was weird. They, they just want to get him a touchdown first game back, I would say, but also to Kyle, what Kyle said to his point, Elijah was the one moving the ball. Um, they both had a longest run of 12, but Elijah had more of a, a move, a move per average run um, with the 4.9 versus McCaffrey's 2.7, but I don't know how much of that truly went into Kyle's decision. Um, but McCaffrey still did have the second most targets tied with Debo. Um, Ayuk had seven, so they kept him certainly involved in the receiving game. Um, and one of them was a 21-yarder. It's always fun when uh, your running back gets a big, a big play. So 
Yeah, uh, that's the thing. McCaffrey looked good. He played well. I don't, I'm not overly concerned with the usage, but it was a little like, really? We gave up all this stuff for the guy, and he's not in the game at the end here? Yeah. I don't know. Finishing off some of these stats, Debo had four attempts, 27 yards. Jimmy had, you ready for this? Five rushing attempts, three yards, an average of .6, and a touchdown. A little Lamar um, Jackson style. Gosh, that's gross. Although I will uh, say this was all over Niners Twitter, but after the uh, after the Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, or Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, QB sneak back-to-back fiasco, somebody tweeted, let's never take Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, 100% success rate on QB sneaks for granted again. <laughs> he yeah, learned seriously. from the best in Tom Brady. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk had the most targets. He had seven targets, six receptions for 80, 84 yards, most out of the receiving Man, team. Ayuk looked good. Like I thought he this was a good. really. He had the drop in the t- end zone. He had the fumble, which I actually don't really think is his fault. We talked about that earlier a little. Daniel and I it was just a really good play from the from the Chargers. Got to secure yeah. the ball, but but you can't. Well, blame Asante him too Samuel much for Jr. That. grabbed him. Flipped him over his body and slammed him into Derwin James. Yeah, that was just like I don't think, yeah. I don't think Ayuk was prepared for that kind of impact yet. I think he was prepared to go to the ground, yeah. not to smash Derwin James. It's so like I don't obviously, blame him for that one. Obviously, he should hold on to the ball, but like, yeah, you can't blame yeah. him for that one. I just I think we're having a really really good Ayuk year, and it's been it's been really fun to watch. So I'm I'm excited about that. I mean, the 49ers like it used to be like oh someone made an incredible catch. It must have been Debo. And now it's like, I don't know who it is. It might be Jennings. It might be Ayuk. It might be Debo. It might be Kittle. It might be Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, it might be Juszczyk. Or Tevin Coleman is what I meant. Just a lot of of weapons out there. But I thought thought it was a really, really good Ayuk game. I would agree. Um, As we're on the topic of usage, we still have a couple other things we want to talk about in that game. Um. Timmy, when we were talking, and he's already said a little bit, he was kind of frustrated by Christian McCaffrey's usage or lack of only getting 14 rushing attempts when he's probably used to getting upwards of 20 to almost 30. Well, I don't know if he gets that many and also gets as many receiving as he does, but certainly in the 20s, um, I'm frustrated by George Kittle's lack of usage in the receiving game. He had two targets. One reception for 21 yards, and that was a heck of a reception. Uh, short pass. That was awesome. He broke a tackle. Uh, I think he broke at least two. Um, and it was frustrating to see that be the only one. Do you, I saw, think, uh, do you think if George Kittle, like, I guess I've never met George Kittle, but I assume he's a really nice guy because he just seems uh, like a really nice guy. He has he, to be. Do you think if he wasn't a really nice guy, he'd get the ball more? Because he's just so like content to block and content with team yeah. wins. Like, do you think it might be better if he was just a little bit more of a diva? Just a no, little. I think that I think that he's a team player. I think that no, he I, knows. Yeah, I, love <laughs> I know George. you're kidding, George. If you want to come on the podcast and discuss whether or not you should be more of a diva, open invite. Oh, hey, hello there. How you doing, huh? Good day for practice, huh? I love when he does that. Um, I think that. He has the best team mindset, and he knows, great, if I can block for some of these plays and I'm a great blocker and I can contribute in that way, great, I'll do it. If I get my opportunity and I get a pass like that, I'm going to blow up this secondary and fight my way to the end zone, which is what he tries to do every time he touches that ball. He is vicious when he gets that ball. I mean, he's deadly. What frustrates me about that catch, more so after the fact, is I think that play is when the Niners really turned it on. 
I think his reception really was like, okay, the Niners bought in, and that was an explosive play. The tempo really changed there. That's what Chris that's Collins the only, thought too. Really? That's funny. And that's the only time we go to him? Like, go go back. Get some more of that energy if it's going away. Go find that guy who had it. He oozes energy. So get him the ball if you need a spark. He also does really good just in terms of getting down the field. So I know that we have so many weapons, and you can only get them the ball so many times. Like, Kittle had one reception. Debo had two receptions. Um, McCaffrey had four, and Jennings had four. So um, you can't get the ball as much as we I would love to see 10 receptions to all of our guys. I want to see Jimmy throw that ball 56 times. No, I don't, but I want to see our receivers catch that many passes. I just don't want to see Jimmy throw it that many times. Yeah, that's my that's argument true. on usage. Yeah, you know, there's some usage issues. I think those will be ironed out down the stretch. This looked like a transformative-ish win. You saw the seeds of the offense really really starting to hit the ground running, and hopefully that can just continue, continue down the stretch. The 49ers have... Played the hardest part of their schedule, um, mostly home games, um, n- mostly grass surfaces, which should be good for injuries, which, have I mentioned this? I just can't imagine many other teams' fan bases spend as much time talking about uh, turf as we do, but anyway, I think that'll be, should be a good, this should be a good turning point for the 49ers. Um, we should talk a little defense. You saw well. what JC Tedder said? Did he say something about the services? I saw Bosa and Kittle tweeted about it this week. NFLPA president, players union president rep, J.C. Tedder. It's Tedder, not Treader, right? No R? I thought it was Treader, but I don't know. Maybe if it he is. If he joined I the always... 49ers, I would, have, I would have learned it, but he didn't. Yeah. I'm bummed he didn't, but I'm glad he's doing good things. Yeah, he made a proposal um, to ban a certain kind of turf fields. Yeah. And... We love Niners that. We would love be to in see favor. that. I saw that. I saw that the Niners were in favor of that. So hopefully, oh yeah, hopefully that's something that gets fixed. We've got the technology now to keep grass alive in a dome. They have the money. Like let's do it. Um, anyway, plenty of the money, right, Jerry Jones? Yeah, good. Uh, good defensive game. The biggest thing that happened on the defensive end for the 49ers was the ejection of Dre Greenlaw. Uh, because of his hit on bummer. Justin Herbert. A lot of thoughts on that. Kyle Shanahan was like, "Hey, I, I." Don't really understand why it was an ejection. I see that it was a penalty. Didn't look like an ejection to me. And that's kind of what the rules expert and the, you weren't watching the broadcast, Daniel. You were there. But the Chris Collinsworth and I think it is it Terry McCauley who does it for uh, for NBC both really agreed that that should probably not have been an ejection. And I think if you watch the replays, yes, like it was helmet to helmet. He may have been down. Tough look. You don't want that. We want to be better about head injuries in the NFL. But Greenlaw was not like going for his head he was trying to tackle him he was going in with his shoulder and then Jimmy Ward hit him in the back which moved his head so that there was helmet to helmet he wasn't coming in trying to hit him helmet to helmet I think you can throw a penalty may have been a little late like yes his head was down I don't know the full rule maybe just coming in with your head lowered like that at all is an ejection but I don't think so Seemed to I mean, me a little the, like just bad luck, and I mean Greenlaw might was playing really well, and he might miss more time because of that. So that's something to keep an eye on this week. If he gets fined, gets suspended an extra game, I would be pretty surprised if he gets suspended an extra game. But the the league's office statement on it was that Herbert was already down by the time he came in, and then the helmet to helmet led to the ejection, and those are all decided by like committee by guys watching TVs in New York. But 
Yeah. I don't know. It did not. It was not like he. I think intent has to matter a little on this, and he was not trying to make a dangerous play. He just got unlucky because Ward Ward hit him in the back, and that brought it to Herbert's head in front of Greenlaw's head. And by all accounts, seems like Herbert's okay. So that's great news. You got to hope he didn't sustain a pretty bad head injury. But I don't know. Unfortunately, those those do happen while while playing football. And yeah. it's not like he was trying. You see guys all the time try to hit someone in the head. That should be an ejection. But that's not what Dre Greenlaw was doing. That's the that's a defender's best or not best but like biggest argument. You see a lot of guys saying I can't move at the last second if they do something different. You watch the replay in slow mo. Dre Greenlaw is already as Herbert is tackled by I believe Fred Warner. I think he wrapped up his legs. Herbert's legs come together. Knees go to the ground. Right as his knees go to the ground, he's there. Dre's coming in, but I don't know what he was planning on doing if, if Herbert's like right up. Jimmy hits him in the back, which kind of keeps the, I don't know how to explain it very well just without a video, but the motion in which Jimmy Ward hits him, his head gets strung up where Dre Greenlaw then hit him. Um, I get a penalty on that because, you know, it could have been a late flag. It could have been uh, hit to the head. It's one of those things where, hey, you got to penalize this to show protect the quarterback. I get it. I wouldn't have argued that. I I wouldn't I would not have even been very upset by that. The fan next to me was very upset by that and he let everyone around him know constantly um with some very funny words and not even a bunch I mean sure he had some profanity in there but like I I felt like it was just a a 6-year-old throwing a fit but with some cuss words and it was nuts. I just had to say that. Um I hope he listens and cuz we talked. Um but what was so <laughs> funny about it is when Dre got ejected, which, again, I think was not rightfully so, um, <laughs> this man lost his freaking mind. And that was – so I was just about laughing when he got ejected because of this guy. Couldn't believe that he got ejected. Even Chargers fans are like – I mean, they enjoyed it because, you know, opponent. But they were like, yeah, I don't get that. The Chargers so, have fans? There was a good amount of Chargers fans. I was surprised, I will say. Um, we were all bummed about the ejection. We were surprised by it. So I get the hit. It's one of those things where, yep, quarterback, unfortunate late hit. Was it right? Nah, I don't know, but got to protect the quarterback, so I get it. But the ejection was just crazy, and I will want to riot if he gets suspended. I will not understand that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Something to keep an eye on. I'm trying to remember what day those disciplinary decisions usually come down from the league. I feel like it's usually Monday or Tuesday. So keep an eye on Twitter. Tuesday we should know soon. Time. But yeah, hopefully, yeah, Greenlaw. You know, like we said, penalty seems reasonable. Ejection and suspension seems a little extreme to me. But the NFL yeah. is cracking down on these things, so you got to see it. Hey, but before, yeah, oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna I was gonna say all in all, good 49ers win and kind of. Yeah. Start talking next week, but if we got any closing Yeah, before thoughts, we get to next week, I want to just I feel like I've I've strayed away a little bit, especially with not being on the last week due to the their bye week and our, our bye week. Let's finish off this game versus the Chargers with a little Hufunga Kawabunga. We already talked about his potentially blown coverage in the first drive. Um he owned up for that. I question if that's truly his fault or not. I thought um I thought it was Gibson. I didn't think Ward was there. Um, I thought that they kind of made it look like they were going to follow, and then they broke off. And so I don't know if that was truly Hufunga's fault or not. 
But regardless, he had a very Hufunga-esque game coming in with a big interception at the end. That was an extremely low catch, and he held on, and that looked very Troy Polamalu-esque. Um, Hufunga did not tear up the, ta- the stat sheet. Um, he had two total tackles and, and one solo tackle, um, but he did have his interception, which was phenomenal. So just glad to see he's still progressing and cooking. Um, I'm curious how many interceptions he's got in the year. That's got to be two, at least two, if not three at this point. So very thankful that he is just as good as he is. So let's look ahead to our next back-to-back primetime games. We got Monday evening in Arizona. Timmy, what is your overall feeling for this game that is in Arizona as we head into week 11 one game uh, I hate I hate to do this behind the Seattle. The game is not in Arizona. It is technically oh, right. a 49ers home game, uh, tr- uh, Arizona Cardinals home game, but the game is being played in Mexico City. I forget I for one of the NFL's international outreaches. Do keep a slight eye on this. I haven't heard any any news about this at all. The last time there was supposed to be a game in Mexico City, maybe not the last time, mm-hmm. but at one point there's supposed to be a game in Mexico City. The playing surface was pretty messed up. They wound up moving it last minute. Haven't heard any news about that this time. For all I know, the the Mexico City field is in pristine condition. I hope it is. It seems cool to play a game down there. But if news comes out about that, just something to keep in the back of your mind. But yeah, being played in Mexico City, uh, the Cardinals have not been particularly great this year. They were awesome last season. Have not been as good this year. Kind of floundering. Kyler Murray missed this week. With an injury, Colt McCoy, their backup, was out as well. Trace McSorley, the third stringer, finished the game. I haven't heard any news about Kyler. He was a game-time decision last week. As someone who has him in the fantasy league, I was paying very close attention. So with that in mind, you have to assume there's a very, very good chance he's back this week if he almost went this week. But something to keep an eye on. Kyler Murray is, you know, a very, very good player. The Cardinals' offense is floundering. I think Cliff Kingsbury is done in Arizona Yeah, the Cardinals are having not a very good season. They've put together some wins, and they always do manage to kind of beat the 49ers pretty regularly, but I I don't see them as much of a threat this year. DeAndre Hopkins is back. They're playing better if Kyler Murray's healthy. He always manages to move the ball on the Niners. He terrifies me. Maybe one of the most versatile weapons in the NFL, but they just haven't, haven't been that good this year. A lot of internal dynamics that just don't seem great to me, so I don't expect this to be a super close game but it is the 49ers first meeting with the Cardinals this year and who knows maybe it coincides with the Cardinals kind of kind of turning things around but they have not been a particularly good down the stretch team and I'm not sure I expect them to suddenly become one after the start they've had this year so not super worried about it but they do tend to beat the Niners and I think Kyler Murray is maybe one of the most maybe the most game wrecking player at the quarterback position in the NFL in terms of just a he goes off, no one can stop him. And so he always scares me, but I'm not incredibly worried about it. And it's kind of, a, like we said, it's kind of a home game, but is it really? The 49ers have a bigger brand than the Cardinals. I bet they have more fans. It's going to be. It's just not necessarily an away game. Or, uh, it's not necessarily a home game. It's not a home game at all for the Cardinals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I, I bet you the 49ers have more fans there. Um, Should be fun, though. Should be a good game. It's Monday night, I think. So. Prime time again for our for our boys. I bet we get some more McCaffrey usage. But yeah, the Cardinals are just kind of having a floundering season. I expect it to be their head coach's Cliff Kingsbury's last season as well. 
but you never want to take an opponent for granted, especially one that has managed to kind of pull wins out of nowhere against you a lot yeah. over the past few years. So I don't know, Daniel, what are you feeling headed into this game? It's weird hearing this is our first game against the Cardinals since it's week 11. I feel like usually we play yeah, both we, all of we our finished divisional the, rivals. We finished the season against them in um, in week 18. Yeah, so uh, I'm feeling good. So here's the divisional breakdown. Seahawks are in first at 6-4. and four. Niners are second, 5-4. and four. Cardinals are third, four and six. Rams are fourth at three and six. The Super Bowl champions are in last place. They just lost to the Cardinals yesterday. And I was hoping the Rams were going to win just to even it out and to put them both behind the Niners. Um, But I'm not really concerned with either one. Um, I'm feeling good for the game, but you did make a good note that this is kind of the team that somehow pulls out a win against us, even when we don't see yeah. it coming, think they should. And um, this would be a week where we very much don't see it coming. Yeah, and last last season's games against the Cardinals, both were funky, man. I think uh, pretty sure the like final score to one of them was like 10-3, to 3, or it was something gross. And they weren't great games. Um. We had a hard time containing Kyler. I don't think we will have that we same challenge. Do. Even if he's healthy, I think that we've learned a little more. I think that because our defense is, for the most part, extremely healthy, we have pretty much all of our starters there. And quite um, frankly, Kyler's not really playing like his heart's in it right now. He seems pretty frustrated with with the organization, and he will pull incredible plays out of nowhere a lot, but he is not... I'm not... like I don't want to... I don't know. I never want to dissect his motives. It seems like he's playing well. He seems like a good guy. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to dive into the like, you know, video game, not doing his watching film thing, any of that dynamic. But he's clearly frustrated with the coaching, and it, it doesn't always seem like his heart's in and out there. And he's clearly got a lot of frustrations with the organizations. I mean, you've seen so many viral clips of him yelling at Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline, and he's just. And maybe he takes that that energy and destroys the 49ers with it. It's a possibility. He's an incredible quarterback. But there's just a lot of dysfunction in that team right now. But this is the team that, with this quarterback, with this play caller, had the best record in the NFL last year, I think, to finish the regular season. At least was the longest undefeated team. That was for sure. So I, um, I, like, I don't want to write them off, especially because another divisional win here would just be huge for the 49ers yes. and kind of putting away the NFC West. So... I think a divisional win here would be would be really really good. We got the win against the Seahawks. Got two wins against the Rams. Right? Did we beat the Rams the first time around? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So the those divisional wins should be really really good for for getting our way to the playoffs. Um, so it'd be nice to get this one. So it should be worth watching. The Cardinals are an exciting team, but hopefully shouldn't be the 49ers' biggest challenge down the stretch. That's for sure. I think the one thing that I am very cautious of is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and that is not the first time that sentence has been said either. Uh, he is an incredible wide receiver. And I don't think it necessarily matters who's throwing him the ball, Colt McCoy or Kyler. Um, I certainly hope yeah, he's it's Colt awesome. McCoy. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a phenomenal receiver. Um, I wasn't sure this year how he was going to look. Uh, after not playing for a while because of his suspension or 
just getting older, and he hasn't skipped a beat. So, if anything, I think he had more time to truly work on his game, and we saw it. So, again, it's an NFL team. Can't sleep on them. Um, but uh, we would love to to be able to just go into this one confidently, you know. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing I would say to watch is in terms of their team is is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he I assume is going to be healthy, so he's he's who's going to be there. Um, but uh, I would also watch. In terms of injuries, watch if Kyler's healthy because that's going to be a big game changer if not. Yeah. Um, if Kyler's I'm healthy, less... a lot of the fear I have goes away. Because the fear if I Kyler's have of like, something not incredible. Healthy. If Kyler's not healthy, yes, sorry. Because yeah. the fear I have is wrapped around Kyler just doing something incredible out of nowhere. And I think the capacity to do that, even with great players like DeAndre Hopkins, goes way down for the Cardinals with without Kyler. So, But totally as someone agree. who hasn't been fantasy, I kind of hope he plays, but we'll see. No, no. Niners I value the 49ers great in your more team. than I value my fantasy teams. That's true. I had to, I had to teach my sweet girlfriend that last night, where she was texting me. She has a few teams herself, and she has Austin Eckler, and she has the ESPN app and uh, has notifications on. And it's really funny when a player's in the red zone. She goes, "Ooh, look, Austin Eckler's in the red zone." And whenever she says it, and I'm not watching football, I want to be like, "Yeah, can we watch that game, please?" Um, but uh, she texted me. She goes, Austin Eckler's in the red zone. And I go, I know. I see it. And I'm like, do you not? I told her. I'm like, do you not understand that I'm watching this game and I don't want him to get any points at all? And she's like, but my fantasy team. I go, Classic. yep. Don't care. Nine is more important. So Team comes before fantasy every time, every time. Always. Did you see there was a video on Twitter of a guy who told his girlfriend he was going to skip watching Tuesday Night Football to take her out for a date. And she was like so excited. <laughs> and I was like, nice, <laughs> nice move, man. Oh, nice move. That's that pretty genius. Funny. I respected Fuck. it. I was like, I wouldn't do that because I don't want to lie and make up Tuesday Night Football. But I thought it was, it was pretty funny. Now, what's funny is I know I could do that same thing. Uh... <laughs> Just because, you know, some of some of the people in this world have no idea what night's football are played. But that is all right. So, Timmy, it was good to have you back. Glad you had a good wedding and a good honeymoon. Yeah. But Thank the you. listeners have missed you. <laughs> it is good. They've missed you as well, Daniel. Don't, don't worry. It has been. I wasn't gone as much. It has been fun to return. Uh, big, big win against the Chargers. Hopefully it's the start of something new. Um, did not mean to make a high school musical reference, but there we are. Um, it took everything in me to not start yeah. singing. I even went. Definitely like, nah, not. I don't need to. Definitely not a verse. But hopefully this is the start of kind of a big uh, momentum shift for the Niners. We're now at five and four. I think in a really really good place to win the NFC West and make the playoffs. McCaffrey's only going to get more and more settled. This offense is only going to get more and more solid. Defense is getting healthier. It's going to be really really fun down the stretch. Armstead and Kinlaw will be back. It's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. We didn't even talk about there. They've I know, been I know. out. I don't know where Armstead is, man. He's he's getting closer and closer every week, it sounds like. Um, Daniel, any any final thoughts to those listeners out there? Yeah, we got good Niners football. We yes, love Niners we football, even when it has its challenges. But just the, the best fan base, the best team, and... Gosh, I love George Kittle and Nick Bosa. They're, I aspire to have that kind of energy and thirst for life and being a bear. 
Yeah. He That's is, what I got. He is awesome. All right. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in. We love doing this podcast every week. And uh, stay safe out there, everybody. Thank you.